If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Now, the minority is lashing out at government over its decision to impose a double tax on vehicle owners, describing the move as obnoxious and unnecessary. Government's carbon emission tax took effect today, requiring an annual payment of at least 75 cities for carbon dioxide equivalent emissions on internal combustion engine vehicles. The levy is part of the government's commitment to address greenhouse gas emissions and promote eco-friendly technology. More of that surely fares here is a news desk report on what the levy is all about. Rapid climate change in recent years has become a global concern as the United Nations continues to encourage countries to take actions to address the menace. Ghana, in a bold but controversial move to combat the escalating threat of climate change, has introduced an emissions levy after Parliament passed the Emissions Levy Act in December last year. Government says the levy is aimed at discouraging the use of carbon dioxide emitting internal combustion engine vehicles. While discouraging the use of combustion engine vehicles, the levy is to promote the use of eco-friendly technology such as electric cars. Unbeknownst to many, the levy does not only affect the transport industry, but many other sectors. According to the Act, the levy will affect the construction, manufacturing, mining, oil and gas, and electricity and heating sectors. How much are the affected sectors expected to pay? For the vehicles category, motorcycles and tricycles are expected to pay 7 to 5 cities per annum. Motor vehicles, buses, 
and coaches up to 3,000 cubic centimeters will pay 150 cities per annum. Motor vehicles, buses, and coaches above 3,000 cubic centimeters will pay 300 cities per annum. Cargo trucks and articulated trucks are expected to pay 300 cities per year. For the remaining sectors, such as construction, manufacturing, mining, among others, they are expected to pay 100 cities per ton of emission per month. The new levy takes effect today, February 2024. Despite the justification given by government, tax expert Francis Timoboy believes this levy is a revenue measure rather than an environmental objective. I think that it is more of a revenue measure than the environmental objective. Why am I saying that? Environmental tax or carbon tax is supposed to discourage or have a direct effect on behavior. So if you say that you want people to shy away from fossil fuel, that's petrol, diesel, cars, then they should shift to an alternative. The question is, the alternative that we are being offered here is electric vehicles. Is it within our reach? The answer is complete no. We also hit the streets to find out what Ghanaians think about the levy. Here are their views. We need engineers on this issue. The government could have engaged the ordinary citizens on this as well. What would the levy be used for? Tax. We as passengers have little to say on this issue because we have no choice. We can only plead with the government to reduce the taxes and levies. Semefa rejoice and Kwesi Adai Kwarten's report for Joy News. A minority member on the Finance Committee, John Jinapo, says the plethora of taxes government keeps piling will end up uh, making the cost of doing business in the country unbearable for entrepreneurs. First of all, government is being dishonest with the people of Ghana. This stuff has nothing to do with emissions. If you look at the emissions table, Ghana is nowhere near the emissions table. Indeed, Ghana contributes less than 1%, even within Sub-Saharan Africa. So this idea that they are fighting emissions is a non-starter. The honest truth is that they have signed on to an IMF conditionality which compels government to raise the threshold of the revenue as a percentage of GDP to a certain level. And so they are looking at every means to tax the people of Ghana. We are already paying pollution levy. What has that money been used for? What is the difference between pollution and emissions? It is this emissions that causes pollution. So how can you charge the people of Ghana pollution levy and then turn around and charge them again for emissions levy? That's the duplicity of taxes. What is the 
going to do is to increase the cost of living because you should expect transport operators, especially commercial operators, to pass on this cost to consumers. Ultimately, what this will do is that by a lot, with the plethora of taxes that this government is keeping on Ghanaian, it will make the Ghanaian entrepreneur uncompetitive, it will make our products very, very expensive, it will affect our exports, and ultimately, it will impact negatively on the growth of the Ghanaian economy. Mm. I find this pollution and emission levies obnoxious, they are unnecessary, because even with the pollution levies, they have not been applied in respect of their intended purpose. Now, transport operators are already asking government to put the implementation of the tax on hold to allow for stakeholder engagement on it. Deputy PR for the Ghana Private Road Transport Union, GPRTU, Samuel Amwa, says they will factor the th- taxes in the computation of transport fare increment proposal to government. The, 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 the taxes we are paying is not enough to take care of those things. Why can't you call with the stakeholders or the, 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 the public to, to educate them, to tell them that, hey, these taxes we are paying is not enough to take care of these things. Did you get a response to your petition? You, you pe- did you get a response to the petition you sent to the Minister no, no, of Finance and General? No, 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 no not yet. We've not, got, we have, we've not gotten any response. That is why we came up with a... Um, 20%, a proposed 20% increment of our, 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 uh, sorry, our uh, transport fare. And but then the ministry called us to put a hold on it till uh, we, we, we had a, 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 a roundtable discussion before we come out. And that so roundtable discussion has now. yet to start? That roundtable discussion has yet to come on? Yes, it's yet to come. So um, I remember the last time we met, the minister asked us to go back and, and, and draw our, our uh, or do our calculations as to how come we came about that 20% transport fare increment. Even what, what we did earlier on, the meeting task wasn't fast. So this time around, what has happened now, it means that we need to fall back, you know, go back to our, our calculations, then insert the meeting, you know, tax percentage to in it. Then we can also present to, to the transport ministry about our, our proposed, you know, transport, uh, transport fare increment. Meanwhile, Associate Professor of Environmental and Nutritional Epidemiology, Professor Kofi Amega, is asking whether the implementation of the levy will effectively reduce emissions or efforts merely intended for revenue collection purposes. He spoke with Elton Brobe on the pause. This levy in itself, how is it going to cut back on emissions? Hmm. I mean, I'm an epidemiologist. I'm, I'm, and of course, the health impact from these emissions are great. I mean, if we start, we're not going to end today. But are we taking the levy um, just for the sake of collecting a levy? Or is it a punitive measure such that um, vehicle owners will soon realize that, hey, listen, I'm paying 300 Ghana CDs a year because my vehicle is smoking, so I need to switch to electric vehicle. I need to go and buy a brand new car with very good emission ratings. Are we taking this money such that at the end of the year, I overheard you say government seeks to raise over 500 million yes. Ghana cities annually. That yes. is huge. That is huge. How much, what percentage of this money is going to go into improve air quality in the landscape of Ghana? Well, I don't know. We are bereft of air pollution data. And these emissions have particulates, they have nitrogen dioxide, which are polluting our landscape and then causing um, hazard to, to our health. We'll, sure, we'll, so, we'll, we'll surely come to the health Yeah, we'll come back to that. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just raising some of these issues. Right. 
So, I mean, how is this money, the money, the $500 million, how is it going to be spent? How is it going to help improve our health quality? How is it going to help to mitigate climate change? You know, because if you say I should pay 75 cities per year, I mean, I'll pay it. But then I'm still polluting. Well, I'm from the Tertiary Education Workers Union, University Senior Staff Association of Public Universities and Sister Labor Unions strike is in full force now. Now, um, these unions are asking government uh, to, uh, you know, uh, re- make sure that their tier two pensions are paid. Now, for labor unions, the University Senior Staff Association of Public Universities in Ghana, Tertiary Education Workers Union, TEU, Ghana Association of University Administrators, and the Federation of University Senior Staff have all laid down their tools over claims of poor working conditions and non-payment of their pension, according to the unions. Government is yet to remit all tier two pension deductions made over the past nine months to the private fund managers. A situation, they say, is affecting members, especially those who are due for retirement. A meeting between government and the unions to resolve the matter just came to a close as unions say government has not been able to give any assurance when the monies will be paid. My colleague Kenneth Jesse has been on the beat all day and filed this following report. Despite meeting the finance ministry and the education ministry today, the Senior Staff Association of Ghana, the Federation of University Senior Staff Association of Ghana, and the Teachers and Educational Workers Union say their strike still holds. They say their meeting with the ministries ended with proposals given by government, and they say they will not return to work until their demands are met. Today has been a very tough day, difficult and stressful day for us. Yes, uh, we went to this meeting with a, a position, and you know our position. Government is owing us our tier two pension, and we are requesting for the payment of the principal plus three percent penalty per month. And we went there. They spoke with us. We've given them our proposal. They said they are going to consider, and they'll get back to us. So we are waiting. When they get back, then we take a decision from there. That's what happens today. So does that mean that you put your strike on hold? No, our strike is still on. Strike continues to bite hard. On the University of Ghana campus, heaps of garbage are seen around the entire campus with nobody to collect them. Students complain it is affecting them. Due to the strike, the facilities are not well maintained. An example is the JQB. JQB block where one of our lecture halls. So last week, last week morning, the whole place was full of water because the, those who were to take care of the place were not available to maybe clean the water for us to be able to work to go to class. So this makes people like very late to class, and the rubbish outside is overflowing. Like you can see rubbish everywhere. Like it makes the school look very nasty and. Under the tree where the benches are, people are sitting there, but there are rubbish around them, and it makes it very bad. We also, um, we were supposed to have lectures um, this morning, but then because the place has been used as an examination room, we are unable to go for lectures there, and we had our classes held online this morning. And it is going to return back after they are done with the examinations. 
Before their meeting with government, the striking union did indicate that if government does not come to a consensus with them, their strike continues unabated and truly they stayed to their words. From the Ministry of Education in Accra, Kenneth Jesse for Joy News. Let's take you to the central region where students who visited campuses for various academic reasons have been left stranded with no staff to attend to them. My name is Bafo Aista. I'm from Sunyane. Some of my colleagues are from Wa, Cape Coast, Accra. Please, we have been here since yesterday. We are here to collect our certificates. But there is no one to assist us over here. So we are pleading with the government to give them whatever that they need so that we can get our certificate. My name is Barry Issa Mohamed. Um, I'm from Fafraha, a distant student of UCC. Actually, I came to uh, take my certificate today, my degree certificate today. But then when we came to campus, everything seems to work fine because from the on start, they did everything perfectly fine. No one told us something was going on or... So after we cleared ourselves and then we did all, everything necessary we are supposed to do, coming to take our certificate and then we were told that they are on strike. So right now we are so frustrated and then we don't know what to do. Um, information reaching me is that some people were even here since yesterday. They had to sleep on campus just to make sure um, something would happen today. But unfortunately for all of us, nothing has happened. And then right now as we speak, we are stranded and then we don't know what. Some of us are actually coming from work. Some of us from Accra, like I already mentioned. And then some of us are working and then they have to take permission from their bosses just to come here. But then coming to see this situation is very frustrating. We woke up one morning to a news of strike by the senior staff and table um, of the various institutions which UCC itself was affected. Um, our students, as we are uh, affected by this great um, strike, when it comes to the university hospital, which serves not just the student's body, but um, the whole total um, uh, the community within UCC. In Kumasi, students of the Kwame Nkrumah University of Science and Technology and Apia Minka University have been left stranded on campus as they were denied access to some facilities on the first day of the tertiary education workers union of ghana strike my colleague nanabwati yado monitored the situation and as far as this report unfortunately um the The university's library, maintenance and lecture theatres are among the affected departments on various campuses. The industrial action has affected academic activities, leaving students perturbed. National President Suleiman Abdurrahman tells Joe News a tax force has been put in place to ensure total compliance. We are going to make sure that we have tax force across all the university campuses. We have local leaders across all the public universities. So they will make sure that they put in place the tax force to make sure that they monitor for everybody to comply with the strike action. The strike is already biting hard as students are denied access to the university's library and lecture halls, which remain closed following the indefinite industrial action. We got here and we've seen that the place is locked. I didn't hear of the strike though, but as I can see, we are now sitting here without being able to enter. So I think the government should try intervene and meet their standards or meet their needs for them. We came to do a group discussion, but as the library 
as the library is locked, is it affects us so much, and we beg and plead the government to call off this strike because with the students, affect, it affects us the most. Well, what are you doing after here? So we are now going to find some place for it because we have to submit it on Monday. So you are coming to do your group assignment? Yes. So you are group, group, these are your group members? Yes, they are my group members. So where do you have to go now to study? No, no, we don't know. We don't know, but our leader was saying we have um, some room here, but we don't know. So we don't know how to, what to do right now. President of the Tewu Ghana KNUST, Charles Arthur, is happy with the impact of the strike. According to him, the management of public universities will be forced to shut down the university. We are saying that in the near few days, the environment will not be conducive for students to attend lectures. That we do not close the university. It's the management of the university that closes the university when it has, it has become ungovernable, when, when something has happened and they think that it, it should go. But we know that withdrawing our services, you understand, will reach there. Saviour Sally Agbleke is the president of Teugana Amstead. We want them to come to hear to our concerns so that the whole balloon about the school student welfare should not be as if we are, we are our parents, you know. We cannot let our uh, children suffer past. We are taking charges, taking control of everywhere, everything in, in the campus is then neglecting them on concern, you see. So we wish the, the government to come to our aid, to see to whatever demands we are making, to sit down with us and we shut things out amicably. Photo news, Nana Boachi Danko Yadom, Kumasi. Now, the health minister has ordered a comprehensive audit of all health facilities across the country, responding promptly to the recent Joe News series titled Sick Hospitals. The investigative report exposed the deteriorating conditions of health facilities in urgent need of rehabilitation. Our investigations revealed alarming issues such as leaking roofs, extensive cracks compromising the structural integrity of buildings, and lack of essential equipment, and many facilities deemed beyond repair requiring immediate attention. We'll hear from the health ministry soon. First, let me take you to the FM Quanta Regional Hospital. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. In the western region, which lacks a defibrillator, leaving health workers there distressed. A defibrillator is a life-saving equipment. When the heart is not beating normally, the defibrillator is used to deliver controlled electric shock to the heart. 
This shock can help restore the heart's normal rhythm in cases of sudden cardiac arrest. In countries like South Korea and the UK, defibrillators can be found in public places like pubs, markets, in crowded places. What about Ghana? The Ghana Harmonized Health Facility Assessment Report 2023 says only 5% of hospitals in Ghana have the required basic equipment in consulting rooms. We make our way to Ghana's oil city, Takrade. The Fianquanta Regional Hospital receives referrals from across the region. It is fair to say that it serves over 3 million population, apart from cardiopulmonary resuscitation, CPR, which involves chest compressions and rescue breaths. Can the hospital save your life if you go into cardiac arrest? Well, um, I would say that uh, we're doing the best that we can uh, under the circumstances. At the A&E, where you are most likely to be taken to, uh, we have just one defibrillator. Um, but for a, a unit of that size, uh, we should have more. So in your case, if you are the only one who needs the machine at that point in time, yes, we will be able to, to do it for you. But if there are many patients who need the same service, then it becomes a challenge. Dr. Joseph Kodjotambil, the medical superintendent of the hospital, is passionate. He wants his medical staff to get the best equipment to serve patients. But he also wears another hat to manage the information he gives the media and also assure residents of the western region and beyond that they can rely on this facility. Well, in response to the staggering revelations, PR of the Health Minister Isaac Ofeba revealed that the minister has tagged the structural directorate to audit all health facilities and produce a report. When you look at this particular structure, when this issue gets to the Honorable Minister or the Ministry, the, the, if a structure directorate was compared to go and have access so that we are able to know the cost involved, some of these structures that you are looking at, if you have to take the cost of maintenance, it will give you a new hospital straight away. So these are some of the challenges that we are putting in place so that we address them. You will talk about maintenance, where you need to put a new facility. When you look at what we have now, if we have to invest money into maintaining it, into bringing it back to life, it will rather be good that we have a new facility instead of going back to maintain some of these things. Did, did, did I hear you say and clarify that the ministry is conducting a facilities audit across the country? Yes. Some of these issues came up and direct, the infrastructure directly is taxed by the Honorable Minister that it should assess all, some, all these facilities that are having these challenges. And like I said, and, and, some and, of and, these what, and what's the goal? What's the goal there? What's the objective of no, this? When you have them, the objective of a survey is to inform you about the, the, the amount of money you need into forming up a budget that will be able to take care of some of these things. One, like I said earlier, we are looking at renovation. We are looking at rehabilitation. But some demand new hospitals instead of this rehabilitation. A public health fellow with the Center for Democratic Development, Kwame Sapansiedu, believes the ministry directive is a knee-jerk reaction that will not yield much results. He spoke with Evans Mings on PMS Press. Say, la, 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 la. Hear people talk like that. 
I realized that they lack the gravitas to even speak on health. I mean, sometimes I need to call a spade a spade. I have to say that's a test based on the data. You presented me with a report. The report is clear on the needs of the country. I also have the luxury of the last budget presented by the finance minister, where there is no line when it comes to biomedical, uh, what you call it, maintenance of our health equipment. You are dealing with a situation whereby health is a public service good. It is a human resource right and has to be delivered. It is not being delivered because the facilities are sick. You have a harmonization report that is telling you what the problems are. And you tell me the answer is agenda one, one, one. Okay, so, so apart from that, he says though that there has been a directive from the minister to the facilities department to travel across the country, do an audit, to come back Look, and give them a picture of the state of these hospitals, what it will cost, then they can go and fix them. This is where I get animated. Let him go and read his own holistic assessment of the health program of the health um, works report. That is a report that is a statutory document that is... Pro- and that is why I keep saying, you know the problem with Ghana? Our politicians know the best way to treat us is to put the truth in plain sight. If you go into the holistic assessment of health programs of work support, he wouldn't be saying the sort of things he's saying. When I hear people talk like this, I realize they lack an understanding of the statistics when it comes to running health. Don't we even bring in equipment? We don't sign contracts that would ensure they are maintained. And we are building new hospitals and we go and commit the same crimes again. Our General Secretary of the Ghana Medical Association, Dr. Richard Selome, says the situation is widespread with many of these hospitals now becoming death traps to many healthcare officers across the country. Unfortunately, it's not an isolated incident across the country. We have seen this across various aspects, even in the capital city itself with complaints about Kolebu, the surgical block. We have seen various facilities across the country. So it's not really an isolated uh, issue across the country. How bad is it across the country? Well, I cannot uh, put a figure to it, but what I can say is that even if it is one place that is bad, for which translates into loss of lives and then also decrease in the quality of care that can be given, as well as delays in care, and then general decrease in the confidence that we have in the health system, that is bad enough. This is still joining us, Prime. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back with more. Please do stay. Afa, Afa, Simaps can a new promo. Brilliant 
perfect finishing for baby. Now we need a baby. What is meant in here? You may be a bag in home. Let's scan a QR code. No, Kai said, and probably do I will scan a QR code. No, no, we need points. Points, no, now we'll be to me. I check yet to say mobile air time, walking gear, shopping vouchers, cement, motorbikes, assassin, block machines, and me. I check your baby. So, what points in the drawer? I said, yeah, open one. And one is a who claim who happens. Minya, make a loser. Koswana scan it. Nasima scan and win promo idea. Oh, bia, you win. Shannon, so say, who was me? In life, you sometimes seem to be cruising along. But just when you least expect it, things could go horribly wrong. Leave nothing to chance. Let Geico Group help you achieve your goals with customized solutions for life and general insurance, healthcare, and finance. Geico, we cushion you for life. Across Africa, a new era has begun. Shifting our focus to a new horizon, connecting us with one purpose to create and share opportunities to grow. Today, we are making a brighter tomorrow, built by our dreams and our energy. Across our continent, across the world, we are creating a better way to a better future. A pan-African future, together. EcoBank, a better way, a better Africa. Daddy, Daddy, this tank is Yes, that's true. It can store a lot of water. That's so true. Wow, it has a working surface on it. Mm-hmm, that's so true. I can see S-I-N-T-E-X syntax. That is so true, my daughter. But it falls down into That's not true. But why? Hey! <laughs> Syntex was the first to introduce double layer tanks in Ghana. Syntex again was the first to introduce white inner layers in Ghana. Syntex gives you the biggest warranty seven years. No matter your water needs, Syntex is the answer. Syntex tank. Are you strong? Are you tough? from the break. Now, health officials at the 37 military hospital are calling on the government to strengthen and restore social welfare institutions in the country to provide for persons who need help and support. This follows their difficulty in identifying the family of a man believed to be in his 30s was knocked down by a vehicle on the motorway, becoming the burden on the hospital in the process. 
The ward in charge of the neuro neurosurgical ward of the hospital, Major Emmanuel Intifo, believes a well-functioning social welfare system could cater for people like Apia. There is more in the following report. The middle-aged man is only identified as Apia and is believed to be in his early 30s. He was admitted to the emergency unit of the 37 military hospital in November 2023 by a good Samaritan after he was knocked down by a speeding vehicle on the Akratama motorway. All attempts by the hospital authorities to reach the family has proven futile. The ward in charge of the neurosurgical ward of the hospital, Major Emmanuel Insifo, says doctors and nurses in the hospital are left with no option than to take care of him from their own pockets. Um, the person who brought him initially was cooperating, but along the line decided not to follow up anymore. So we've been able to take care of him till a point that he was ready to go home. There wasn't anybody coming. So through our command and then through our Department of Public Relations, we were able to send a picture of his to the social media. And then people started coming. Then we had a friend of his who finally showed up and then mentioned his name. So before then or before now, he was known as Unknown Monday. But when the friend showed up, he was able to tell that he's called Apia. And that was all that the friend could give. He was able to tell us that he knew him from Koforudia and knew some of the relatives at Koforudia. So he will make you do follow-up for us. He did the follow-up and then unfortunately it came out that the relatives that he knew that were at Koforudia had relocated. And he didn't know where they have relocated to. So um, currently... We are looking at ways of um, getting him a permanent place. Major Emmanuel Insefo called on government to strengthen and resource social welfare institutions in the country to provide for persons like Apia. He is okay to go, but where is he going to? So if we had a, a function or um, a well-organized social welfare um, agency, that is able to take care of some of these um, victims. I think it will go a very long way. As he's lying here, he's occupying a bed that someone who is in an acute state or who is an, an emergency state will need. But because he is on that bed, we can't bring another person who needs it most than he does. So if you're able to get organizations, if you're able to get government institutions that are well-equipped, well-resourced, it's not just the institutions, but well-equipped and well-resourced to handle some of these cases, it will lessen the burden on the world and equally give other people the opportunity to survive if there are spaces here to admit them. President of the Accident Victim Support Ghana, Reverend Cyril Crow leading the group to make a donation of items, including toiletries and consumables, advocated for more support for accident victims. Um, it's something we've set out to do, and we have been doing over the years. It's a decade and more. And so coming here today is one of the things that we feel the joy to do, anywhere, any day, any time. But notable of them that we want the country to know is that we sh we've looked far from these people already. Crash victims I'm talking about. We've looked far from them. It's just like any other disease that can kill. The moment you set out on the road and you are in a car and you set on the 
road riding to your workplace. Have it in mind that casualty is part of it. If you are out of it, then the Lord has been good to you. But when you fall prey to it, which of course it can happen to everybody, let's try as much as possible to come around and then help these people. Especially in this month of uh, February, we think that we should set the pace. If there is any kind of love we will show, we should show to these crash victims. Major Intifal expressed gratitude to the accident victim support Ghana for the donation. Almost everything that we do for him comes from contributions that we do as staff and then other benevolent um, persons and then groups. If they hear about him and it touches them, they come along with some of the personal items that he will need. Because being here, he will wear diapers, he will drink water, he will, he will eat. There are some basic things that he cannot be denied of. And definitely if relatives were around, they would have provided those things. And since relatives are not around, then we as staff of the world have to take it upon ourselves. So we do a lot of contributions. So the accident victim support organization coming in to bless us or bless him with these items to go a very long way in the care that we will give to him whilst he's still with us. So the very good time that he will leave um, us and go to another place. With a peer responding to treatment, authorities of the hospital are encouraging anyone with information which can help identify the family of a peer to reach out to the hospital. Prince Kwame Kudoges report for Joy News. Now, the National Health Insurance Scheme subscribers still paying out of pocket for services they receive at the country's health facilities. The NHIS was established more than 20 years ago by law to provide equitable access and financial coverage for basic health care services to Ghanaian citizens. But latest demographic and health survey report released by the Ghana Statistical Service shows that even though the NHIS remains the most patronized health insurance scheme, subscribers are always forced to pay out of pocket for various services at, at the health facilities. Now, what really does this mean? And, and what are the, the teething challenges that need to be overcome? Ranking member on the Parliament's Health Committee, Minta Kando, joins us with more. Uh, grateful to you for joining us now. What's your reaction to this once you've heard that this is what it is? Hello, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you, sir. I think um, it's a self-inflicted challenge or problem. And uh, I don't think government must pretend not to know the solution of the problem that we are facing very gap this particular incident. First of all, there are two main steps here. Mm-hmm. One is the delay in the payment of claims. Okay. Sometimes government delays in payment of the claims facilities in excess of three, four, five, six months. And you know in our country our currency keeps depreciating at I mean the very steep rate. And then we also have a very I mean high inflation rate. So the delay in the payment of the claims is one of the factors. Mm-hmm. Then again there's a fact that Government is, or the National Health Insurance Scheme is not paying what you call realistic tariffs. And I'll mm. give you an example. For example, if a, if a, a service provider goes. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. 
That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC to buy a paracetamol syrup. And they buy it at less than five grams a day. They're carried by the National Health Insurance. They are giving the provider four grams a day. So they have only two options. Whether you do a two-pack or they will say they don't have that particular drug is not available. So these are the factors. And we know, and this is as a result of the fact that the money or the levies we take in the name of the National Health Insurance levy, that may itself cut the levy. And that's one to give you an example. For example, in 2024 budget, government will tell you they are going to raise about five billion dollars for the National Health Insurance scheme. Mm-hmm. But they are going to release only three billion dollars for the expenditure of the National Health Insurance scheme. What it means is that government has cut over two billion dollars. So these okay. are the challenges. Not until we decide not to cut the national health insurance and pay the latest time and we are going to continue to have mm. Mm. But, but but this do happen, we talk about it, nothing really changes. So how do we handle this situation? How do we ensure that the real changes that we're looking up to do happen? I think I have been talking about this on countless occasions. Countless occasions. So not until government itself takes the decision that we are going to become the National Health Insurance Key. We will face this challenge. And so the, the ball is clearly, I mean, uh, in the court of government. We have been raising the alarm. We've been drawing government attention that it is insensitive to cap any health institution in this country. It is insensitive. It is government's responsibility to invest rather in these health, health facilities. And so, I don't know. I, I, I just um, watched one of your new items. You title it Sick Hospital. And these things, I don't understand why we are pretending as though this is the first time we are here. It's a widespread in the country. And we've been speaking about this all the time. Why mm. you see is when the internally generated funds by the different hospitals or the hospitals in the country are collected at the central point. The, I mean, uh, 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 that's what you call the issue of health and the, the, the general health fund. Mm. You are taking the internal generated funds back. So what would they use to maintain the hospitals at the various districts and the regions? Mm. Okay. These are the problems. These are the problems. So the only thing you have not been able to, you have been able to identify the sick hospitals, but you have not been able to identify the, the, the people who take the policy, the sick Okay, all right, thank you so much for joining us here. Um, now to other stories. The outgoing chief of defense staff, Vice Admiral Seth Amwama, has urged leaders to exhibit good leadership in their work. Now, he also stated that leadership is not about the rank one occupies, but lifts the, the life they impact. 
Mr. Seth Amwama also charged warrant officers to abide by instructions of their commanders. There's more in this report. Follow out forces. Follow out forces. After over 40 years of service to the Ghana Armed Forces, a pull-out ceremony was held to mark the retirement of the outgoing Chief of Defence Staff, Vice Admiral Seth Amwama. The outgoing Chief of Defence Staff joined the Ghana Armed Forces in the year 1981 and has served in many roles. He was later appointed in 2021 as the Chief of Defence Staff. Vice Admiral Seth Amwama charged commissioned officers to always show good leadership and professionalism in their work. I charge all commissioned officers to continue to show leadership in their work. Leadership in their work. There is a quotation on leadership I like so much, and that quotation is at page 10 of your program and I quote that leadership is not about the rank you hold. Leadership is not about the rank you hold. It's about the lives you touch and the legacies you leave. In service we find purpose but in leadership we inspire greatness, unquote. And so, officers, I implore you to be committed to your leadership responsibility and be professional in our dealings. In my view, professionalism essentially means training all year round to improve our skills. Such training provides us with the essential leverage in mission accomplishment. At the same event, he also stated that leadership is not about the rank you hold, but the lives you impact. He also charged warrant officers to always follow the commands of their superiors. I also urge the warrant officers and senior NCOs who are the backbone of the military to translate the intentions of commanders into actions. And then to the soldiers, the sailors, and airmen, I urge you to learn, work, and train hard to carry out all orders and tasks to the best of your abilities. That way, our armed forces can continue to stay focused and effectively deal with the mirrors of threats that confront our nation. And welcome to Prime Business. My name is Emma Davis. I look at our stories. Retail business operator Melcom is making a case for the Ghana Revenue Authority to quicken the pace in capturing all businesses under the electronic value added tax system. 
This is to eliminate discrimination in tax payments and to help governments rake in more revenue. Group Managing Director for Melcom, Ramesh Sabwani, made the appeal after opening a new branch inside the West Hills Mall at Weja in Accra. There's more in this report. Melcom has been one of the retail centers used for the pilot of the electronic value-added tax known as the EVAT system when it was introduced last year. This has helped the Ghana Revenue Authority in exceeding the revenue target for the year. Speaking to journalists after opening the new branch of the West Hills Mall to cater for the population in the Wager Enclave, Group Managing Director Ramash Sabwane called for a fair system to capture all retail dealers. Every till receipt, every uh, purchase is made is measured and directly connected to the GRA computers. So all the tills here every morning is synchronized with them. All the trades are, all the transactions are uploaded to them. They reconcile every evening, they reconcile every month. So they know that everything is being done fair and square and straightforward. They need to roll this out to other retailers also. Um, It becomes very difficult where Consumers who are paying the 21.9% or whatever it may be as VAT to retailers like us and other retailers. I'm not saying we're the only one on that platform. But there are smaller ones, independents, who have not yet got to that stage. Now, how much of that is actually being tapped and captured and how much is falling through the net is where they need to focus. Melcom's strategic decision to establish a premium outlet within the West Hills Mall is a testament to its commitment to accessibility and convenience. Ramash Sabwani has also been speaking on plans to introduce more local products when the market demands becomes increasingly available. We are buying a lot of products from local factories. We have a lot of tie-ups with local factories promoting their products. We have an annual Made in Ghana promotion to help promote local industry. So, a lot of effort is going on that direction. So, are we likely to see an increase in your, your sale of local products? Well, that With over 30 shops, the West Hills Mall has become a soft-after destination for shoppers catering for their various needs. The Institute of Climate and Environmental Governance has expressed concern about the implementation of the emission levy, which is expected to start from today, February 1. According to the Institute, the introduction of the emission levy will increase the operational costs of motorists and industries. Here's more in this report. Despite the progressive nature of the levy, the Institute of Climate and Environmental Governance is concerned about the apparent lack of commitment by the government beyond the imposition of the levy to investing the expected revenue on financing green infrastructure. Based on the analysis of the act, it said... There is no stated portfolio established to use the revenue generated to finance the country's energy transition efforts. Nonetheless, it believes that the introduction of this levy is crucial for Ghana's energy transition agenda in attaining net zero targets and would align with both environmental objectives and the socio-economic well-being of the citizens and industries in Ghana. The Institute also disagreed with the taxation approach on motor vehicles, buses and coaches, saying this makes it unjust for low polluters to pay the same rate as high polluters. 
It recommended to government to consider setting up an emission fund to ensure a proper accountability mechanism that guarantees judicious allocation of funds generated. Now, only 15% of farms in Ghana are commercialized. That's according to Synergy Global Holdings. Its report on creating agricultural financing schemes for sustainable agriculture and food security also revealed that only 4% of total banks' land in Ghana went into agriculture in the last five years. Here's more. The report said low mechanization, poor farm record keeping, poor rural transportation infrastructure, post-harvest losses, among others, are the core challenges affecting the agriculture sector performance and hindering finance for the sector. Typically, agriculture portfolios are thin for all financial groups. Considering the existing funding gaps, the report said more interventions are expected from funds and financial institutions, especially the Agriculture Development Bank and Ghana Exim Bank, whose core mandates include providing funding to actors in the agriculture value chain. In the wake of climate change, the report also warned of the rising food security risk in the country. Ghana is one of the top 10 countries impacted severely by climate change despite contributing the least to global warming. The country saw an unprecedented rise in food prices from 2022 evidenced by the National Food Price Index, which increased by 23.8% in 2022. Ghana Cocoa Board has allayed fears of a potential shortfall of supply of cocoa beans to artisanal processing companies. According to its Deputy Chief Executive, Ray Ankara, it is determined to increase the supply of cocoa beans to the artisanal processing companies to boost domestic production and consumption within this year. He spoke to Joy Business at the launch of the Ghana Chocolate Week celebration in Accra. Ghana Cocoa Board, in collaboration with the Ghana Tourism Authority and the other industry stakeholders, have launched the 2024 National Chocolate Week. This week-long celebration is on the theme, Eat Chocolate, Stay Healthy, Grow Ghana, and aims to shine a spotlight on Ghana's iconic cocoa, a key commodity and beloved treat. According to the Deputy Chief Executive of the Ghana Cocoa Board, Ray Ankara, the company is determined to increase the supply of beans to the artisanal processing companies this year. We are saying to all Ghanaians that Cocoa Board is here to support the processing companies to produce more chocolate, more consumption, so that we can drive up jobs, and particularly even with the artisanal chocolatiers. Uh, a decision has been taken in order to lighten the burden they get in trying to get cocoa beans, we've decided that a policy decision has been taken to ensure that these uh, chocolatiers can buy beans directly from uh, Ghana Cocoa Board. This is a step in the right direction. It's a huge one. This will ensure that they can get the beans, their costs will come down, and they can produce a lot more chocolate in the system and create more jobs for our youngsters. Said Ajay Ban is the board chairman of the Ghana Tourism Authority. Uh, if you talk about the genesis of Ghana, cocoa is Ghana, Ghana is cocoa. And for us to be able to get the needed revenue to develop our country, there's a need for us to consume what we produce. That is why we are encouraging that uh, about 40% of our cocoa beans is being processed, or we add value to it in Ghana. That will help us to get enough needed revenue. 
the head of public relations at Cocoa Board, Fifi Boafo, reaffirmed their commitment to dealing with the impact of Galamse. We admit that there have been some challenges. Uh, you talked about Galamse. Galamse is uh, overtake, uh, taking away some cocoa farms. But what we are preventing is to make sure that we do not have chemicals uh, polluting or contaminating the cocoa we have. So far, there is no evidence that uh, the cocoa we are producing, its quality has reduced. It remains the best quality cocoa produced in the whole world. And we are something we jealously guard and we shall continue to protect the quality beans we produce in the world. The National Chocolate Week celebration will be marked with a series of activities from the 9th to the 14th of February 2024 at the Tetequashi Interchange in Accra. Away from agriculture, the Ghana Telecoms Chamber has advised mobile money vendors whose SIM cards have been blocked to work towards linking their Ghana cards to their accounts for reactivation. The telecoms regulator has stated that blocking such SIM cards to enable the Ghana uh, Revenue Authority to collect taxes for the state. Already, Mobile Money Agents Association of Ghana says about 60% of its members will be affected. Speaking to Joy Business, the CEO of the chamber, Dr. Kenashibe, said the only way out is to register the SIM to be reconnected. Communication about linking SIM cards did not start with the chamber. Mm. The communication about linking SIM cards started in January 2022 when the policy statement was made by the ministry. So the statement that the, the chamber issued on uh, a few days ago was basically reminding all of us that the 31st data we are talking about had come. And, you know, so if anybody, and again, so that's why I say that if it is that people did not get the communication right, as we speak, you know, if you go to any of the EMIs with your Ghana card, you would be able to get your SIMs connected. And then you, you, your, your, your accounts would be put back again. We should bear in mind that the alternative for that is to say that all agents, who do not have their, their SIM cards connected and their tents connected, it would mean that the, the, the exemption that you get from the law would not be applicable. And that's not something you want to do. And then it brings about all the complexity. We should also bear in mind, this linkages and all of that deals with some of the challenges with uh, fraud and all the things that we are calling on. So there's a policy intent. And so for me, that's why I say that we, uh, the EMI should make all the efforts to make sure that anybody who has been blocked and provides the Ghana card and all of that, it will be speedily dealt with. But the Mobile Money Agents Association of Ghana is appealing for an extension to synchronize their Ghana cards or TIN with their accounts. Joshua Edwardson is a national deputy PRO for Mobile Money Agents Association of Ghana. Nationwide exercise and... Uh... As early as uh, 7 a.m. today, we started having uh, calls uh, from our members all across the breadth and length of the country uh, complaining of their things uh, being blocked. And uh, sincerely, as you can see, I am even at uh, one of the uh, uh, MTN's office in Tema myself to, you know, personally uh, experience exactly what is going on. So, indeed, the exercise has started, and uh, it is very, very difficult. It's a very challenging one. It's something that... Uh, we don't wish for because a lot of agents have their money still blocked on their sims and uh, it's, it's been very, very difficult. 
I would say that President Gossip is a little bit magnanimous with respect to the figures because uh, currently, if you look at what is going on, it's, it, it's far more than that. Okay, it's far more than that because of some underlying factors that you know uh, the electronic uh, money issuers are already aware of. You're already aware of the of the of the of the, of the prevailing challenges. The issue is that you have some of the agents who are using uh, uh, accounts that are all not in their names. You have some that are having genuine problems with their Ghana card issuance. You have some uh, that are also uh, facing challenges with respect to, uh, uh, you know, uh, the registration process. Because and until these issues are met, sincerely, I mean, the, the, the exercise cannot be complete. Because we shouldn't forget that whatever it is, these agents uh, are running businesses. The Chamber of Bulk Oil Distributors has stated that the presence of Centio Oil Refinery will go a long way to reduce the cost they incur when importing petroleum products. Chief Executive of the Chamber, Dr. Patrick Kwekufori, tells Joy Business the refinery comes in handy. From, uh, when I received the call for this interview, a few background checks that we are already aware of from some of our members, if for nothing at all, Already, uh, most of our members are buying in CDs from them, which somehow reduces uh, their risk with regards to the uh, forest uh, issues that we uh, that have bedeviled the sector for some time. So that gives us some form of comfort with regards to that. The issue of uh, demolishes that normally has also been a thorn in the. Uh, in the flesh of the importers, I think this is also something that is coming down. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. With the other uh, benefit that we seek to gain with regards to uh, insurance, insurance and then other uh, fleet charges that normally goes into the supplier's premium. These are costs that uh, you can easily uh, get rid of when you are dealing with that. And even if it's being passed on with regards to the crude, because there are multiple products coming from the crude, it is spread thin that you know any particular buyer will not necessarily feel the impact of that. And basically, as is explained, or, or the, uh, the concept of economies of scale. So these are other opportunities that it brings. But Executive Secretary of the Chamber of Consumers Ghana, Duncan Amwal, disagrees. He believes reviving tour is surest bet in attaining energy security. Is Central really coming to step up to be able to uh, employ the Ghanaian technical hand? What I can put on record this afternoon is that go to the control room of Central and it's full of the Chinese uh, 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 I mean technicians. And so, in, in one breath, Central could also help the market, but in another, job security for the technical people, uh, the operations people at all, you cannot guarantee that as far as the private refinery is concerned. Right. They would, of course, do whatever will benefit their numbers. And for me, 
The earlier we think of getting tall back to work, the better it will be. Otherwise, if the market becomes a monopolistic market that only dealt with a foreign, I mean, owned refinery, both interest largely would have to be profit. Uh, I'm not quite certain that the petroleum security you are looking for, uh, you won't get it. And not long ago, the transporters were up in arms. The vertical integration fear that once Central becomes the only as far as the refining space is concerned, you may have Central now decide to even go into the transport business, and then when it suits them, they may also decide to even buy the local fuel station. So that once they are done refining, they don't need to sell to anybody. They can get, I mean, companies across the value chain and ship products to the, the filling station for right, you and I to buy. Right, that will be a dangerous thing if we don't take care. Away from energy-related stories, director of the Institute of Statistical, Social and Economic Research of the University of Ghana, Professor Peter Corte, has expressed optimism in the further cuts of policy rate in 2024. This comes after the Monetary Policy Committee of the Bank of Ghana cuts its key lending rate to 29% from 30%. Professor Corte said he expects inflation to decline for a further cut in policy rate. You're speaking to my colleague, James Deshen. It's about consultancy. It's about new areas to engage. Even issues about the way we train our students, our curriculum development. All of this will come out very well if we engage each other and i think that's what we are doing and we're going to deepen that that uh, collaboration now prof let me come to the policy rate we saw 100 basis point cuts with respect to the policy rates we've seen fetch also averaging 18 percent for the year 2024 looking at various indicators what's the best way for it is it feasible what fetch is predicting well it depends i mean um We've seen the rate of inflation gradually come down. We have seen exchange rates literally being stable. Um, we've seen some positive growth rates and inflation expectations uh, coming down gradually. So with all of that, uh, you would expect that the policy rate will be revised downwards. My initial prediction was to have it between 100 to 200 basis points. You don't want to do a massive cut because... Uh, there are some inherent pressures that may come. Uh, one, we've seen increase, gradual increases in global oil prices on the, on the global market. We are seeing, uh, we don't know whether it might come down or might go up. Uh, we are also seeing um, some new taxes that may likely be introduced. Um, uh, you know, that can also fuel indirectly fuel inflation. So, uh, and, and I believe the Bank of Ghana also looked at the liquidity situation in the economy. You want to balance this carefully. And therefore, I, don't ex I wasn't expecting a massive cut in the policy rate. Uh, but then not reducing it at all too wasn't an option in my view because uh, the lending rate is still high for business. Cost of doing business is already high. So you want to do something to cushion them a little bit. And I believe this is, is the first step. Um, and, and I believe gradually, when things improve, we should see more such cuts to bring down the lending rates and, and thereafter the cost of doing business. Talking about taxes, um, there's this call from the business community with respect to their calling for a reduction in taxes. And we have in the IMF also 
call for more taxes. What is the best way? How do we sort of manage the two? I personally um, don't encourage increases in taxes in this particular moment because already the cost of doing business is high, cost of living is, is high, and uh, in as much as we need to raise revenue, I don't think um, the only way to raise revenue is to increase taxes. If we make tax collection more efficient, I believe we can rake in more revenue. If you make taxes affordable and enforce the tax regulations, more people will pay tax, your total tax revenue will increase. So I want us to explore the other options. I know GRA is doing so, but we need to explore those options uh, further. I've seen some numbers, and uh, I, I hear they have uh, been able to increase tax collection um, by so much. But I, I think we also look at it in terms of its real value. Uh, inflation has been high. So if you have increased tax revenue by 30% and inflation is uh, 26 or 20-something percent, so in net terms, how much have you increased revenue? I mean, those are some of the discussions that we ought to have. Yes, and as much as we see increase in tax revenue, um, we, we, we ought to be careful in celebrating that increase uh, because we have, if we have increased taxes and businesses are suffering and uh, um, households are also, are also uh, you know, feeling the pinch, we shouldn't be celebrating. Rather, I think we should celebrate if we make tax collection more efficient and, and also very affordable. The Ghana Institution of Engineering has bemoaned the hike in cement prices in recent times. According to the institution, this is affecting the operations of some of its members. President of the institution, Engineer Kwabna Bimpong, has therefore called on manufacturers and other key stakeholders to find solutions to challenges culminating in the increase of cement production. He spoke to Joy Business at the 52nd Presidential Address of the institution. The president for the Ghana Institution of Engineering, Engineer Kobina Bimpon, recommended the use of affordable building materials, such as the use of bio-based materials like timber, bamboo, and improvement on non-renewable building materials such as green cement. We need to look at various options in providing sustainable um, housing delivery, and these must be affordable. So we have looked at providing or using bio-based materials, and these include bamboo, which is a renewable resource, and we know that bamboo sequesters about 60% of carbon dioxide, and we also know that bamboo grows very, very fast, one meter a day. For all of us, we know that bamboo, we always think our bamboo has been for support or scaffolding. Very much so, because, look, um, as I mentioned, 80% of our building materials are imported. And remember that the materials that are used in the production of cement are also imported. That is why I'm talking about the fact that if you are able to replace 20%, even 20%, if you are able to replace 20% and we are able to reduce the cement prices by you know, some good percentage, I think that we'll all be happy because, look, apart from water, cement or concrete is the most widely used material on earth. The 52nd presidential address was under the theme Sustainable Housing Supply with Alternative Building Technologies.
That's how we draw the curtain tonight on Prime Business. My name is Emma Davis. For more business news, do log on to myjoyonline.com. Up next is Prime Sports, but do have a good evening. The business segment was brought to you by Ecobank, the Pan-African Bank. It's time you switch to Bell Park today. You're welcome to the maiden edition of the Joy News Impact Makers Award. Tonight, we gather here to honor and celebrate individuals. We celebrate the goodness in our humanity and create more inclusive, compassionate, and thriving societies. The overall winner, Isaac Atoato. And where dreams are often cradled in the arms of hope, there exists a league of unsung heroes. They are the silent architects of change, the torchbearers who illuminate paths where once there was only darkness. From the verdant stretches of our farms to the innovative labs of science, from the warm embrace of humanitarian aid to the simplest acts of kindness, these are the change makers who sculpt the future of our nation, stitch by stitch. Unknown to them, their acts of selflessness have resonated across the land, stirring the hearts of many and sparking a movement of recognition and celebration. It's that time of the year again. Joy News proudly presents the Impact Makers Awards 2024. Join us in our quest to support and honor those steadfast warriors who are remolding the destiny of our communities and our nation. This is your moment to nominate the unsung hero in your midst, the beacon of change whose story deserves to be told. To nominate your Impact Maker of the Year, send your entries to impact.makersawards at myjoyonline.com. Let's amplify their stories. The Joy News Impact Makers Awards, celebrating ordinary people making extraordinary impact.
segment is brought to you by Commander DBS Industries to you. Let's go to DBS Industries. Hello, welcome to Prime Sports with me, Razak Musbao. Now, tonight we are some 35 days away from the commencement of the 13th Africa Games due to come off here in Accra. Now, ahead of that, the uh, draw for the men and women's football competition has been held in Abidjan, and this is the groupings for the men. Ghana find themselves in Group A alongside Gambia, Benin, and Congo. And in Group B is Nigeria, South Sudan, Senegal, Uganda, and Tunisia. And the uh, top two uh, of both groups will advance to the semifinals, and uh, eventual winners will also advance to the finals. And then we'll get to see the team that ends up picking the gold medal or the silver medal. And for the women's, it's Ghana still in Group A, alongside Tanzania, Uganda, and Ethiopia over there. And uh, Group B is Nigeria, Senegal, Cameroon, and Morocco. Remember that it's the under-20 uh, teams of the respective countries that will be participating in these Africa games. So for Ghana to be the black satellites who will be participating in the games. Now, um, on 14th of February, Wednesday of 2024, an event is set to take place in the capital, Accra. It is Dark Save Ghana Football Protest. Now, this has been organized by some top journalists in the country, and it comes following the Black Stars' poor performance at the AFCON in Abidjan. Now, joining me is one of the organizers of the protest, uh, sports journalists also, Veronica Kome, and she joins me via Zoom for some update on this all-important activity set to come off this month. Yeah, so Veronica, if you can hear me, thank you so much for making time to join us on Prime Sports tonight. Um, first of all, we understand you have received permits from the police to go ahead with this demonstration. Can you confirm that for us, first of all? Absolutely. That was granted um, today, so you have all the clearance to gather for the maiden edition. We, we call it the maiden edition because mm. the decision is that whatsoever we can do as fans, first of all, we're Ghanaians and we are fans, even mm. before we are journalists, mm. just to make sure our football is back to its glory days is what we are going to do. So this could be the first of many, mm. dependent on how we are responded to. Mm. I mean, but in terms of the, um, the substantive issues, though, what, what issues are you really concerned about? For which reason you have to go all the way, you know, of demonstrating to get those concerns addressed? It's become, it's become a common knowledge that the black stars have just not been doing too well. Mm. However, we all know that they receive the most incentive and in football. Mm. Every time the black stars are in town, they are like the most pampered child. They have everything that they need. Mm. Unfortunately, whenever they go to competitions, at the last three editions, we are averaging one victory, one win in three competitions. Mm. At the last half in 2021, we exited with, with, with a point mm. at the just 
had one going and currently underway in Cote d'Ivoire. Mm. We exited outside the group stage with two points. So what we are trying to amplify is that there seemed to be a growing trend. The growing trend is that the Black Stars seem to have become a cash cow for only a few at the expense of all these other national teams. When you take a look at the local game, the Ghana Premier League, you can cascade it down to the first division and all that. You can say that the development of football is really at heart. Mm. So all that we are asking is that the president for for would have to do a few things or we are asking for a few reliefs. The pe- the president, you know that the JFA walked into town after the Nations Cup and decided that the search for a new coach to replace Chris Houston is the ultimate thing to do. Mm. We are saying that it is important that you have your technical reports, you have your reports at a tournament to be able to evaluate exactly what you need. Unfortunately, that is not what is happening. So we are hoping that that exercise will be halted. Mm. But for the bigger picture, we are asking that the president occasions some sort of, uh, you know, and and at the the football association because reforms are very important reforms all over the world are always a good step in terms of getting the results we are looking for we are also asking that as a nation if you check us out we are repeating the problems we are we are repeating only because we do not have a policy Mm. if we did have a policy as a nation there would always be something you can measure it against Mm -hmm. but the nature in which we organize Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time football here indicates that we do not have a policy we feel we have a unique opportunity to draft or have a policy that ensures that our football develop at every stage football development isn't just about the black stars doing well or every now and then a satellite team or a meteors team or the black queens will do well it has to be a holistic approach approach that feels that the boys in the street the student athletes, the coaches, the physios are always at a certain level. And we do believe that a policy is what will address this. So these are some of the few things we'll be asking that the government mm. would also intervene so that together all stakeholders can come together and we'll fashion out something that works for Ghana football. So the event is set to come up on February 14th. Uh, it's quite an interesting date that you chose and uh, but in terms of where it will be happening i know it's going to be happening in a crowd but in terms of place of convergence have you settled on any yes we have settled on a few and in the next few days i think we should be sure we should be issuing out the guidelines to make sure that we have a, a smooth protest the choice of the date the 14th you know it's a day of love yeah Every, knows that is the day you show your love we have had the fa come to us with bring back the love Mm -hmm. for a while now we feel that the love is no longer there and if you ask anybody who will be at the obra spot that would be the convergent point on the day Mm -hmm. 
the the theme is that we are marching for the love of the game. Mm-hmm. The game unites us. It's the only thing that transcends politics and everything. Mm-hmm. When you go to the centers to watch the game, when the Black Stars calls, we hug each other. At that moment, you do not want to know whether you belong to NPP or NDC, PNC or Afrofanto. Mm-hmm. It's really about we being Kenyan first. Mm-hmm. So we do know that football cuts across. It unites all of us, mm. and that is why we want to do it on a day of love. Mm. Because truly, we love the game, and we love to see it progress. Well, very good. Thank you so much. Of course, we'll keep in touch um, as we build up to that all-important day, 14th of February, uh, for that Save Ghana football protest that has been organised by some top journalists in the country uh, who are seeking to uh, see some reforms within the Ghana football industry. Well, while Ghana is seeking some salvation for their football, Nigeria will be locking horns with Angola tomorrow in the quarterfinals of the African Cup of Nations, which is still underway in Abidjan. Now, ahead of the game, the head coach for Nigeria, Jose Pesero, has been addressing the media, and he says that his team is in the best position to be able to claim a win against Angola. It's about team want to reach the semi-final. Will be a tough match. Our team need play the max in demand, commitment, rigor, sacrifice, good organization, good spirit, also happiness for beat one big team, a good team, a good team, no big name, but a very good team. Uh, for reach uh, the semi-final. Uh, since my childhood, I I am known and used to loving and playing, and many of my family members worked in Mozambique and Angola before. And then I would also like to congratulate Angola for their work, both the coach and the team, and also the national representation of Angola. I know Pedro. We discussed on the phone during this competition and uh, we know the Angolan team, we know the players because they are close uh, uh, to our eyes. We know the value, the qualities they like. Uh, Freddie, when he plays, uh, this uh, makes me play pleased and joyful because he played in Portugal and many other players as well. Uh, I have I mentioned Freddie as an example, but we know all the Angolan players. We know the physical capacities, the mind frame, the commitments, the way they defend. They defend very showing solidarity. They also tap into counter attack. They have players like Dalla. He played with me, he played with my team in uh, in Sporting Lisbon, Lisboa. And then he was uh, linked to another team. So this uh, selection or the uh, representation we respect. We've had uh, players like Ahmed Musa and Kenneth that were part of that team that won the 2013 uh, trophy. So we've had discussions of what it it did for Nigeria, the joys, the experience and... Musa, especially as he's the captain, he always wants us to, to push on and to achieve that same thing. Um, of course, back then, apparently, they weren't the favourites, but they focused on themselves. They don't, well, Musa told us that they don't look at the outside noise, that it was one big family, and that's what pushed them to achieve greatness. So it's, he's creating the same environment now. Everyone's hungry to 
fight for each other and fight for their family members. So, of course, you want to have that same feeling, if not a better feeling this time around. But it starts with the quarterfinal. We're going to give our 100%. So we give ourselves a chance to try and do that again. That's uh, Alex Wobi and head coach Jose Passero. What joining me about Zoom is um, Deji Ogwenyimbo. He is a sports journalist based in Nigeria. And of course, he's looking forward to the game tomorrow. Deji, thank you so much for making time to join us on Prime Sports tonight. Um, okay, I understand you are in the U.S. at the moment. Well, that's really interesting. You're in the U.S. at the moment. But uh, very sure you're looking forward to the game tomorrow uh, over there against Angola. And it's interesting that Two Portuguese coaches are leading two African countries into the quarterfinal. And understands why Pocero was mentioned he's been in touch with Pedro. But just before I come to you, though, this has been uh, Nigeria's road to the quarterfinal. Let's just have that. They've been quite impressive. And Nigeria, I want you to look at it. So just tell me if you've been impressed with Nigeria's performance so far and what you are looking forward to in the game um, Tomorrow, so Nigeria drew against Equatorial Guinea. Then they defeated Cote d'Ivoire and defeated Nigeria, uh, defeated Guinea-Bissau. Make your pardon, and then went ahead to defeat Cameroon. So all through from the group stage to the round of 16, Nigeria have conceded just one goal and the process scored five goals. So defensively, Nigeria have had one of the best defense in the tournament. But it's similar to the Angolans. Look at the Angolans' route to the quarterfinals. Very similar. They've equally had a very good uh, defensive side. We just, good. So this is how the Angolans have fared in the road to the quarterfinals. Look at it. Against Algeria, 1-0. Against Mauritania, 3-2. And against um, uh, Burkina Faso, 2-0. Against Ang uh, Namibia, 3-0. So just look at it. They've conceded how many goals? Three goals and conceded quite, and scored quite a number of goals there. Deji... I know you want Nigeria to win, but objectively, this is going to be a very cagey game, right? Thanks, Mustafa, for having me. Absolutely, it's going to be a very cagey game, all right? Um, and we've seen it by the um, amount of upsets we've seen at this AFCON. The top five ranked sides are already out of AFCON, and this is the quarterfinals already. So it tells you that uh, there are no minos in its real sense. And for the Angolans... Um, they've had one of the best defense as well as one of the best attacks so far mm. in the competition. For Nigeria, on paper, coming into the, um, the Africa Cup of Nations, it was more about the attack, right? Uh, led by Victor Sime. Mm -hmm. uh, sad likes of Victor Boniface, the likes of Sadiq Omar. Yeah. Couldn't be a part of the uh, competition because of injuries, but Ademola Lukman as well as Samuel Chukwueze and Moses Simon mm. have been great side um, wings for Victor Sime, but Interestingly for Nigerians, they've been so impressed mm -hmm. uh, by the defense, led by um, the former Arsenal captain, now back into the side, mm -hmm. William Trist Ekong. Yeah. Um, he was yeah. on AWOL for about a year, but coming into AFCON, a bit of Nigerians had a bit of doubt about what he could offer. Mm -hmm. uh, but he's marched out that defense alongside Calvin Bassi, who's been a stalwart, mm -hmm. alongside Shemi Ajayitu, who they've been impregnable. Just mm -hmm. one goal conceded. Yeah. And they tell uh, goals wins your title, mm -hmm. uh, but it's more of defense. Uh, the goals win your game, but it's more of defense that wins your title. Mm -hmm. uh, but particularly, Nigerians love the passion and zeal showed by the team. Mm -hmm. It's never been seen in the AFCON. Mm -hmm. In the real sense, the country didn't really have much expectations, yeah. judging by fact that we felt the Moroccans, the Senegalese, 
uh, were the favorite for Afcons. But we're like, okay, let's see if we could get to the semifinals. I uh, would we'll see how far we can go. But now that they are out, there's so much of optimism. There were also a bit of skepticism about the goalkeeper. Um, Stanley Wabali, who used to play for A in Barrio versus United, as well as Wiki Torres, moved to Chippa United. Uzo was the stalwart, was the number one before AFCON. Nigerians were not so happy with him, with his performances, very shaky in goal. But when Pesero came three months to say that he has found a goalkeeper that will solve our issues, Wabali mm-hmm. has been very confident. And when he opted up in the game against um, the um, round of 16 game against Cameroon, yeah. Nigerians have been threatened. Um, Ozor came on and is still been trying to get the fitness level of Mwabali. Mm. We'll just fight that today if he's going to play tomorrow. But you can't take it away from the Angolans. Yeah. There's a bit of grudge that Nigeria still needs to settle with Angola. In the lead-up to the 2006 World Cup, Angola came to Kano and drew against Nigeria, effectively not seeing us qualify for the World Cup. Mm. Um, it cost the people, some people their jobs. The FA president, Ibrahim Galadima, mostly coming out to say that it's not Nigeria's best right to be at the World Cup. Nigerians didn't take it lightly, mm. but that grudge still remains since then. And Nigerians wants to settle that. You talked about the two coaches that are Portuguese, right? Uh, Pesero, um, he's not been a fan favorite, but Nigerians are beginning to warm up with him. The new 3-4-3 um, uh, formation, um, we once used it at, at the World Cup with Genetro in 2018. Uh, worked wonders with beat Iceland. But how can I not talk about Victor Sime? He's an inspiration. Mm. He's not the atypical center forward that we know, but his passion, his zeal, his fight, his ability to motivate the team, the fans chanting his name, his African player of the year. He's a leader up front. And Trish Ekong talked about it. He literally starts the defense from pressing up front. So overall, Nigerians have been impressed with the team. Mm. But it's going to be a very tricky tie. It's a banana skin, potentially. Mm. The Angolans have got Dala as well as Mbulolo that plays in Egypt. Together, they've both scored seven goals. Yeah. While Nigeria and Tutu have just scored five goals. Too. So um, we, we all, we're going into it with open mind. We're the top-ranked team left in the tournament. Mm. But, I mean, like I said, the top five teams are out of the competition. So that doesn't really mean much at this point in time. But, but let's see how it goes. But Nigerians are really ecstatic with the potential mm. of winning a fourth AFCON title. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, just, you know, Iwobi was making a, a statement about they want to experience the 2013 feeling. Of course, 2013 when he won the trophy, it was a great feeling across Nigeria. I'm not sure where you were when you, that trophy was lifted. But um, in terms of the, the, the chemistry, in terms of the, uh, the understanding within the team, the unity, etc., would you say that you've seen same in this team, in terms of the team that won it in 2013 compared to this team? Have you found some similarities in there. I was just looking at the players in this current squad, if there's anybody who played in the 2013. And I think it was it Ahmed Musa. Ahmed Musa was there in 2013. He's the only Ahmed one Musa. there. And he, he is the captain of the side. He is on the bench. He's not getting minutes. But people have been impressed with his leadership quality from the bench. What have you seen in this team that you can say is similar to the team that won the trophy in 2013? So, the togetherness might not be compared to what we saw in 2013. Mm. In 2013, we had Stephen Keshi, God bless his soul, the late Stephen Keshi, mm-hmm. who, had, who was building a team of home-based players for about six months mm-hmm. and jailed them with the foreign-based pros. And you could see the unity in the side. With Pesero's team, there were a bit of skepticism. Mm-hmm. But as we've grown into the tournament, you could see the leadership. 
Now, there were questions about including Ahmed Musa and William Trist Ekong. I took about Ekong not playing for over a year. The last time he played for Nigeria was the pre-friendly um, game against Portugal before the 2022 World Cup, mm -hmm. right? There's mm -hmm. certain new needed leaders in this team. Yeah. And for a tournament football like this, needed Ahmed to be able to rally the side. And it's not necessarily about winning alone. Mm -hmm. Needed people that has been there, mm -hmm. they have seen it, that can motivate the younger ones, the Chukwazes, the Ademola Mulukmas, who are coming to their first tournament, who have not seen it before. Mm -hmm. When things down, how can you motivate the team? We, see, we saw it play out in the game against Cameroon, mm -hmm. leading one goal to nothing, and just trying to tell them how to contain the pressure. And when Lukman scored the other goal, he went over to celebrate with them. Yeah. So it was basically here primarily as a leader. Mm -hmm. When the team are leading praise and worship, the boss dancing, coming out, he leads us with them. And interestingly, he is a Muslim, right? right. So the togetherness has been spearheaded by Ahmed Musa, and Nigerians love him for that. He's a legend. That's, yeah. that's one thing you can't take away from him. And he's taking his role with so much respect, mm -hmm. and he understands it. Mm -hmm. So you might not compare it to what was obtainable in 2013, mm -hmm. but now we could see that increasing. Everybody wants to fight for each other. Osime is leading that charge. So mm. you could see it in his own personality, how he charges forward to press down defenders. It motivates the other players. Mm. Frank Oyeka is doing the same. Mm. When Alexi Wobi loses the ball, mm. someone is fighting for him. Mm. You could see the winners there. And Nigerians can feel it. So it might not necessarily compare to that, but we are growing into the tournament. Yeah. And that's about tournament football. It grows mm. into it, and we begin to get the feeling that this might be our year to win our fourth title. Mm. Amazing. Well, we'll wait to see if you win it. Not sure how Ghanaians will be feeling about that, but uh, <laughs> we can only wish you the very best against Angola. Thank you very much. Uh, but I can, guarantee, I'm, I'm here to win the I can guarantee you that a lot of Ghanaians will be supporting the Angolans in that game tomorrow. Oh, absolutely. I feel that. <laughs> we'll be wishing you the very best. Thank you very much, Deji, for making All right, the time. Thank you very much. And uh, just to mention that it's not just Nigeria and Angola we're playing tomorrow. DR Congo and Guinea will also be in action tomorrow in the quarterfinals and just look at DR Congo's run to the quarterfinals. Drew against Zambia, Drew against Morocco, Drew against Tanzania, Drew against Egypt. Took them to penalties and managed to win it. DR Congo have managed to make it to the quarterfinals without winning a single game in this tournament so far. And for Guinea, Drew against Cameroon, won against Gambia, lost to Senegal, and managed to defeat Equatorial Guinea in the round of 16, and here they are in the quarterfinals. Guinea never won the tournament before. Likewise, the DRC have won it before, so uh, it's in some exciting fixture to look forward to tomorrow. And uh, we'll be here to bring you post-game analysis after it does happen. That's all we have for you on Prime Sports tonight. With me, Razak Musbar. We have more stories on myjoyonline.com. Please do have a wonderful evening.